listening to the Inner Light Podcast. I'm your host, Hayley Lloyd, a spiritual mindset and empowerment coach. I'm on a mission to help you overcome self-doubt, rediscover your inner light and grow into your true purpose. It's time to create a life you love from the inside out. And I'm here to support, guide and believe in you the whole way. I believe that you were drawn here for a reason. So let's get started. I'm excited about this episode, guys. As usual, I think I say that in every single episode in like, and in all of my stories. I'm so excited. Well, I am. I am excited for this episode. If you are fed up of self-doubt holding you back, then this is the episode for you. I'm gonna be speaking about how self-doubt can affect people in far more ways than they actually think. I'm gonna talk to you guys about my own experience with self-doubt and how bad it can get if it goes unchecked. And then I'm also going to talk to you guys about how self-doubt works and how it can manifest and how you can start to first of all manage it and second of all prevent it from ever ruling your life. So before I go into talking about how much self-doubt used to affect me personally, let me just give you guys a little bit of awareness of how far self-doubt can stretch. If you have ever experienced procrastination, you are experiencing self-doubt. If you have ever avoided a situation or a person for whatever reason, you are experiencing self-doubt. If you have ever experienced imposter syndrome, you are experiencing self-doubt. Perfectionism, that's self-doubt. People-pleasing, that's self-doubt. Even issues with consistency are linked to self-doubt. All of these things are symptoms of self-doubt. And I'm going to explain to you in this episode exactly how that is the case and then what you can start to do to manage and overcome these symptoms of self-doubt. So to give you guys a little bit of um, backstory on my own relationship uh, with self-doubt and why it was so important for me to do this research and go on this journey myself, I'm gonna talk to you guys a little bit about some of the experiences that I went through and maybe some of you can relate to them. It is quite extreme, so you know, there's probably some people that are like, oh my gosh, I totally have experienced that. And some people are like, whoa, that is, it's <laughs> pretty bad. Um, but I'm sure that most of you at some stage in your life will have experienced self-doubt at some stage. And I also just want to stress that this is actually really normal. It's far more normal than we think. And some of these things we are embarrassed about talking. I used to be incredibly bar- embarrassed about talking about these things that I'm about to talk to you about. And, you know, I used to feel a lot of shame about it. Now I don't because A, I'm through it, but B, I've also realized how many people suffer with the same thing. I have literally spoken to hundreds of people now and everyone experiences self-doubt and most of the people have experienced the same thing that I've experienced. So if you're listening to this thinking, I thought that was just me, it's not, it's so much more common than we think. The problem is we just don't speak about it. So I want to be very vulnerable with you guys now and talk about what it used to look like for me. So through my life, I have definitely experienced um, quite a lot of self-doubt. It used to rule my life and it kept me really, really small. Um, It crippled me internally and stopped me showing up in my life the way that I wanted to. And I doubted my looks, my personality and, you know, my my ability as well. And because of that, I've dedicated a lot of time researching self-doubt so that I could understand it more thoroughly. And now it's one of the main things that I help my clients overcome. Overcoming self-doubt looks like a blend of practical mindset work, awareness building and conscious healing where appropriate and in my case there's a healthy dose of spirituality thrown in there as well which is massive for me now typically when self-doubt is running at ruckus like it was for me at its heart it's down to a turbulent relationship with yourself so by that I mean a lack of self-love self-belief self-worth and self-acceptance 
it means that we lose our confidence in ourselves when things get difficult and it can end up making us question our decisions, moves, thoughts and actions and it means that we end up relying on external things to make us feel good and when those external things disappear for whatever reason or get a little bit wobbly, our self-doubt rears back up and makes us feel really small and incapable. So to give you guys a couple of examples of how that affected me, I struggled to show up authentically pretty much anywhere. And I say, um, you know, at the time, it felt like I'd lost my voice because that's honestly how it felt. I didn't know what I was, what I authentically sounded like. Uh, and I became completely preoccupied with what other people thought of me. And I had a constant need for, fa for validation. Um, and it was, you know, it was painful. I was too scared to do or be anything that someone might find unacceptable or undesirable. And I wanted to be liked at all costs. So that meant I talked like other people and I'd wait for others to give their opinions first so that it could lead mine. Honestly, like the amount of times I would hold myself back from giving my opinion just in case someone had a differing one, it, it's way too many times to even count. Um, and I used to put so much pressure on myself that even posting a photo on social media would cause me so much anxiety and distress. And I'd be so worried about what everyone else thought. And I tried to change my voice and my style to fit everyone else's. You know, I'd literally stare at the caption for sometimes days and try to think what other people would find funny or acceptable. I'd be thinking like, what's gonna get me the most likes here? Like, what are people actually going to like? And if I did end up actually being able to post it, then I'd probably get about two days of severe anxiety, worrying about whether someone would judge me for posting it. And in some cases, I'd end up actually removing the photo because I was too scared of not receiving enough likes or not being approved of. And, you know, I remember once I posted a photo and because I didn't instantly receive like five likes within two minutes, I took the photo down. And that was self-doubt being so prominent that it meant I was constantly seeking approval and validation outside of myself. And the idea of potentially not fitting in or not getting approval became crippling and it completely ruled my life. Another example, I used to have the worst imposter syndrome. I had a really good job um, and I was working at a great company, but I completely doubted my own ability so much that eventually I became really bad at my job because I was so worried about what everyone else was gonna think of me, you know. I'm a designer in my full-time job, uh, which involves you having to have confidence in your own style. And it vo involves being creative independently of anyone else and coming up with solutions to creative problems and briefs that other people can't think of. And when you're questioning yourself as much as I was, that becomes incredibly difficult to do. Not only that, but I was required to present my work back to sometimes very large groups of people. And my self-doubt and anxiety became so bad that I ended up getting these things called brain blanks. And this started happening in groups of any more than two people. My mind would just go blank. I would sweat, I'd shake, I'd go red. I'd pretty much be having a panic attack in that moment. And I was just trying to hold on to like life. <laughs> so in the end, I had such bad social anxiety that the only way for me to really feel like myself was through alcohol. And so I did become completely reliant on alcohol to give me a voice because I just couldn't find it myself. And I'll talk about that in another episode. But yeah, I, I became very reliant on alcohol and drugs to give me a voice, to give me happiness uh, and to give me confidence. And I absolutely lost the ability to find those things without a stimulant because my relationship with myself was that bad. And that is how much self-doubt had come into my own life even to the extent of social anxiety i now can't go to a social event i can't do a presentation without thinking about alcohol 
And, you know, on another level, it also affected my dating. You know, I didn't know what I wanted and I felt like I needed someone else to make me whole, which I didn't, but I didn't know that at the time. So anyway, you guys can kind of see from all of these things that self-doubt was ruling the show. It was completely ruling my life. And yeah, it was it was a really difficult time. So now I want to have a little bit of a deep dive and go back over what I was experiencing and have a little bit of a look of what was actually going on underneath everything. So with self-doubt, it is intrinsically linked to your relationship with yourself. If your relationship is unhealthy, it really does cause some pretty destructive damage. But before you even get started at looking at the relationship with yourself, you need to understand your own individual self-doubt persona. We are all different. We all have different self-doubt makeups and how I experience self-doubt is very different to how you experience self-doubt. So let me walk you through how self-doubt actually happens or the self-doubt cycle as I like to call it. In all cases, there is always some sort of trigger that starts self-doubt off or an alarm in the body, some sort of alarm. Those alarms are either conscious or subconscious fears that you have within your mind, body and energy body. Those fears are fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of conflict, fear of complexity, fear of disappointment, fear of success and fear of judgment. It is one of those fears that you are experiencing whenever you are experiencing self-doubt. That is the root cause of self-doubt. You have a fear about something and it may be subconscious. So you may be listening to this thinking, I don't think I have a, a fear. I don't have one. It's subconscious. Or it might be conscious in that you're very aware of the fear that you have. Maybe you know that you're scared of being rejected or judged. And then it's, it's a conscious one. But a lot of the time these things are subconscious. So that is something to bear in mind. So whilst we're going through this, I would even potentially get out a pen and paper and start noting down these things so that you can actually start to understand what your self-doubt archetype might be. So for this particular section, we're speaking about the fears. So we want to understand what the triggers are for you. So do you have a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, a fear of conflict, a fear of complexity, a fear of disappointment, a fear of success or a fear of judgment. Write down what you think yours might be. But remember, you could also have multiple of these. I think I have about three or four of them um, and they come up at different times and they are all triggered by different things. So let's move on. When an event triggers that fear in your body and your mind starts to experience some discomfort, that can either look like physical anxiety and unrest or the inner critic getting really loud and harsh. So the alarm goes off, the fear, and that then triggers some sort of reaction in your body, which can feel like anxiety or sound like the inner critic. So at this moment, this is where the self-doubt comes up and it tries to protect us. Because if you think about um, us as an individual, being made up of a circle, self-doubt is the protective ring around the edge of us that is trying to keep us safe from anything uncomfortable. So any feelings or pain that aren't desirable. So the self-doubt is doing its job to try to protect us. And how it does that is by trying to give you some kind of resistance to stop the discomfort that, that the trigger has caused. So the resistant patterns look like procrastination, perfectionism, people pleasing, a need to prove, hesitation, avoidance, or just plain anxiety. The problem then comes when we don't realize what's actually happening, we can't interrupt this cycle. Meaning that it keeps happening over and over and over again and eventually becomes a pattern. Then you become a procrastinator 
or you become a perfectionist. You might even say, oh, I'm such a procrastinator. That's you identifying with it. Now, the problem with this is that it then becomes a habit. So every time that you reinforce that habit, it becomes more intrinsically linked to your personality and yourself. And over time, these things can end up having a pretty major grip on your life. So if you keep on just telling yourself that you're a procrastinator or you have perfectionism, then you just believe that that is you. And you're not looking for the thing underneath what is causing that because procrastination doesn't just happen. It is caused by something. It is the result of a feeling. So we have to understand what is going on underneath that. People end up so frustrated about how much they procrastinate or their struggles with consistency and they just have no idea why they do it. And, you know, I I know this used to be the case for me. So the pattern keeps happening. You are inconsistent or you are a procrastinator uh, or you are a perfectionist and the list goes on and you just keep on doing those things unconsciously and subconsciously and you're just reinforcing this pattern over and over and over again. So what we need to do to break the pattern is interrupt the cycle. We have to first of all gain awareness around our self-doubt makeup so that we can plainly see exactly what is happening for us. So let's take me as an example. I was first of all fearing posting on social media because I was really scared about what people would think. And so the dialogue that's going on in my head is what if people don't like me what if someone doesn't approve of me what if someone thinks I'm stupid what if someone talks about me behind my back that was a dialogue going on in my head if I was listening to that I would say it sounds to me like there is a fear of judgment and a fear of rejection and the resistance that I was kicking up was avoidance so let's go back to that the fear of judgment is me fearing that I would be judged for putting something out there The fear of rejection was me being scared that people would reject me because I put something out there. The resistance that I was kicking up was avoidance because I was literally just avoiding putting anything out there. And that also can look like procrastination. But in this case, I didn't have a deadline. I didn't have, um, I didn't have an actual need to show up. So because of that, it was, it just ended up being avoidant, complete, complete avoidance of the situation. And that was my response to having that fear. The next thing I was experiencing was imposter syndrome. This is in relation to how I was feeling when I was at my job and feeling like I wasn't good enough and that I had to prove my worth to people. So in that situation, I was scared of being found out and told that I wasn't good enough. So that sounds like to me, a fear of rejection and a fear of judgment again. And this manifested for me in procrastination and people pleasing. So let's go into that again. So the fear of rejection for me came for feeling like people wouldn't like my stuff and feeling rejected by it. The fear of judgment came from me worrying that I was going to put something out and people judging me because I wasn't good enough. So those things then created the self-doubt which manifested in procrastination. So I was literally putting off doing my work because I was so scared of those things. And then people pleasing because I wanted to do what other people wanted me to do so that I could be approved of. So if you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, I procrastinate heaps, so what does that mean for me? The biggest link to procrastination is either a fear of failure or a fear of success. So I'm gonna go into both of those things. With a fear of failure, often we would put off things so much because we are so scared of failing that subconsciously we would much prefer to not even try so that if we did fail, it wouldn't be a perfect 
personal reflection on us. For example, if you were a procrastinator at school and you had an exam coming up, people that have a fear of failure may well have procrastinated on studying, then not done as well in the exam, and then afterwards said, oh, well, it's because I didn't study. You can shift the blame onto a lack of trying instead of your intelligence. The other big one here is a fear of success. And yes, that is actually a thing. Sometimes the key thing to realize with this is that in most cases, the fear is about the consequences of success and not the success itself. So for example, people may not fear making the money itself, but they fear the consequence of making lots of money. And that might be looking like um, not being able to spend as much time with your family, your partner's reaction. It might be the reactions of all the people around you. It could be so many different things. And a lot of the time, a fear of success, with the same with all of these fears, often are learned at a young age. So people can learn to avoid success if at one point it was followed by something painful. And that is just how a learnt behavior or a limiting belief actually comes into existence. Not only that, but loads of people say, ah, I work so much better under pressure. And that can sometimes partly be true. Some people just do like working better when there's an edge of danger. But for some people, you work better under pressure because eventually the fear of not completing the task at all starts to outweigh the fear of failure or the fear of success. So it boots you into gear. <laughs> that was 100% the case for me. And it blew my mind when I learned that because I was like, oh, so I don't actually work better under pressure because I don't. I'm just terrified of not actually finishing the, ch the task. And I actually had all of these other fears, the fear of judgment, the fear of rejection, a part of it was a fear of failure as well that was underlying all of this stuff and keeping me stuck. So now let's recap. There is a self-doubt cycle and the cycle goes like this. An alarm is triggered in the body which has been caused by a fear. Which fear is currently affecting you? To remind you what they are, <clears throat> they are a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, a fear of conflict, a fear of complexity, a fear of disappointment, a fear of success and a fear of judgment write down which fear is currently affecting you. That fear then causes discomfort in the body, which usually looks like physical anxiety or a really harsh inner critic. So which one is manifesting for you? Do you have a loud voice in your head or are you getting really annoying physical sensations in your stomach or in your neck or in your throat? Our mind then wants to stop the discomfort. So it kicks up some sort of resistance to stop the feeling. That resistance looks like procrastination, perfectionism, people-pleasing, a need to prove, hesitation, avoidance, or just plain anxiety. So which of these resistant methods does your body give you to stop the discomfort? Now here's the really important part. Once you have all of this figured out, you need to flip the dialogue to show the reality of the situation. So in my case, did anyone really care that I was posting on social media? No. Does it matter what they think? No. It's actually an incredibly narcissistic thing to think that other people's worlds revolve around what we post. The reality is, people don't care. And if they do, you shouldn't want them in your life anyway. This is called reframing and it is so important for this to work. I'd recommend journaling through all of this whenever self-doubt comes up for you and see what answers come out. You may be surprised with some of the things that end up being revealed through the journaling process. It's incredibly powerful. So. I hope now that you guys have a little bit more of an understanding around how self-doubt works. If I were to recommend next steps for you, they would be to get really clear on how your self-doubt is made up. A great way to guide this out is through getting a coach 
that will hopefully be able to identify your specific self-doubt makeup. And the next thing is the building your relationship with yourself. In the long run, that is the thing that will keep self-doubt at bay. So I mean, by that I mean your self-belief, your self-worth, your self-love, and your self-acceptance, and your self-trust. Those are the areas that uphold self-doubt. So again, I'd recommend working with a coach to build out these areas. Now remember, this is a process, and I'm a massive believer that awareness is the first step, but this is now a journey for you. One of self-discovery, self-awareness, and coming back to yourself. So I'll be back here next week with another episode. Until then, keep searching for your inner light. It's always within you. It just needs to be found. Mm -hmm.